Welcome to the Thyroid Fixer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy, and we're diving deep into the world of hormones, especially for all you fierce women in perimenopause and menopause and anyone dealing with hypothyroidism. If you're struggling with weight gain, you feel like shedding those pounds is an impossible feat. If you're dealing with plummeting energy levels, gut-wrenching fatigue, or a libido that seems to have left town, then you're in the right place. And don't even get me started on the hair loss. If these symptoms are sounding all too familiar, you found your tribe. Welcome, because my goal is to educate, empower, and shake up your world. I want you to embrace every inch of that badass woman that you truly are. So if you're ready to dive in and fix things, let's get started. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. Trisha, you are a very welcomed guest on the Thyroid Fixer podcast. So I'm so happy to have you back on and especially diving into the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is so needed by my patients and my audience alike. So I'm encouraging all of you to please listen. We're going to post this everywhere because this is this is kind of like a must-listen podcast for every single person out there. Should you track your food? It's a big question on everyone's mind. And, you know, I mean, I, I fully get it. We were talking before we started here that those suffering or recovered from an eating disorder, tracking might be a little bit triggering. So we're going to talk about that as well. But, you know, if you're at that place, like so many people are right now where you're doing all the things or you think you're doing all the things and you're like, ah, the weight just isn't mudging. I don't know. I'm eating clean, air quotes being used there. I'm eating clean. I'm eating well. I cut out the sugar. I, I know I'm eating perfectly and the weight just isn't coming off. So we're going to dive into this because again, you're hearing me, right? This is a topic that you need to listen to because if you're not in this position now, you might be in the future where you're really trying to do all the things and the weight isn't coming off. So Trisha, thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. And I so relate to this topic, you know, certainly because I was 50 pounds overweight and I was struggling with food and weight and and I was like perpetually dieting. So it's not like I was, you know, hiding out in a dark theater eating bonbons. Like I was really doing my my damnedest to try to lose weight and be good, quote, right? You know, that's a diet uh, concept. I'm going to be good. good. So I was always doing that. And yet I felt frustrated as well. And I think that... 
part of the problem. And, and I literally, to be honest, I was on Facebook in my own group of my clients last night with somebody that does that very same same comment. She's like, well, I haven't lost any weight yet. She's in like week three, right? Okay. <laughs> it's week like, three, right? Yeah. Let's wait a little bit. Be patient. So, but it, first of all, she did slip in her comment in the Facebook group. Her comment was, you know, I just can't give up those sugary foods, you know? And so I'm like, oh, well, there's a little clue, but there, the problem is, you know, for us, because we've done so much, uh, and I, when I say us, I'm talking about emotional eaters. My jam is helping people with emotional eating, which a lot of people don't even understand that term, but it's really just a, an emotional dependence on food, using food for emotional reasons. Mm -hmm. And if you're like right now thinking, I don't do that. And you think you just like food. If you chronically struggle with food and weight, it's a good probability that you're an emotional eater. And I actually have a quiz and we can put in the show notes, Amy, I think it's a great thing to do. There's a quiz you can take on my website where you literally can find out if you're an emotional eater or literally possibly addicted to food. Mm -hmm. And it's a spectrum. So my experience is it's a spectrum where you know, and, and what determines where you end up on that spectrum, besides taking the quiz, the quiz will tell you where you're on the spectrum and with a personalized score, but it's really two things that will qualify where you are in that spectrum. One is a level of control that you have. Like, can you, you know, if you go on a cruise and you eat a lot of cheese, it's all prepaid, you eat a lot of cheese and wine, and then you come home and you five pounds heavier and you feel yucky. So then you course correct, mm -hmm. you like, you start jogging more for a couple of weeks, you cut out sweets and boom, those five pounds are off. That's someone with a good amount of control and not too many consequences. So those are the two sort of qualifiers, control and consequences. Okay. But me, when I would go on a cruise, I, I'd, I'd gain at least five pounds because I'm like, I paid for this. I'm going to get my money's worth out of this, right. <laughs> out of this deal. And it's a buffet and all that. But I, when I came home and I was bummed out about not fitting into my jeans, it sent me down this spiral. Like, I'm like, screw it. Like, what's the point, right? I can't even go on a cruise and have fun. And then I go into this dark hole that could last several weeks, if not several months. And the five pounds could easily turn into 10 or 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. So that's someone with not very much control. And if you do that long enough, the consequences will be there. Like it's not only 15 pounds, it's also pre-diabetes. Then it turns into joint pain, gut issues, you know, messed up thyroid, right? Yep. So it's just, you know, I just want to say that because people should take the quiz and find out where they are. And knowing that you're an emotional eater is really helpful because so many times we beat ourselves up for our lack of control you know, for our lack of willpower, we feel like we're losers. I mean, I always felt like I was such a loser, like Susie and Janice could just eat a hot fudge sundae and that's all there is to it. And boom, yep. they're on with their week. But I just, it would, you know, I couldn't do that without the chips and the French fries and, you know, salty with the sweets. So, so it took me on this ride. I was blamed myself. I'm like, what's wrong with me? There's something so messed up, but I didn't know as an emotional eater. And so with that information, or even food addict, without information, you know, you approach it from a different standpoint. The diet doesn't work. Like following just the the food plan isn't enough, mm -hmm. you know, and we just beat ourselves up too much saying, oh, 
there's something so inherently wrong with me. No, if you're an emotional eater, it just means the food plan's not enough. You need to address your emotions. You need to have ways to lower your stress. And so I just say all that. I'll get back to your question, but I just want to say that because people don't always know what emotional eating is. If you find yourself nibbling, you know, at night, like you were done with dinner, but then you're not really done and you want, you want more food and you're sitting in front of the TV and one bowl of ice, ice cream turns into two or three, or one bowl of cereal turns into two or three or the entire box, you know, and you have that binging tendency, or if you think about food 24 seven, or if you just can't lose that extra weight, it could be an emotional eating issue. So back to your question about the whole tracking. And I, I think there's a good chance what, if we are an emotional eater, we are doing a lot of unconscious eating. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we, we don't even realize we're doing it. Yep. You know, we just don't realize we're doing, it. it's just such a habit and habit is a big part of it. You know, it's like, we've been doing this, we've been tr- in training for this for a long time. And I did this all the time. Like if there's candy in a bowl, my hand was in that bowl. I just, I had to have some, if there's a, you know, bowl of Hershey's kisses, you can bet I, I had to have some of those Hershey's kisses and then I had to have more and snacking between meals, coming home from work, you know, going straight to the kitchen finding something to snack on before mm-hmm. dinner. I mean, just all these times, you know, you can't do that long hour and a half drive home from work without having something in the you know passenger seat next to you. You can just keep munching on. This is all unconscious ways that we get fat, frankly. You know, we just realize we're doing it. And snacky foods are not usually you know, kale and celery sticks. Like it's just not what we want to snack on. Yeah. (laughs) We don't know. It's sugar, it's processed carbs, it's crunchy, salty, processed, sugary. You know, it's just, it's just the yummy snacky foods, but those are the ones that cause us to gain weight so easily. So the unconscious eating is a problem. And you may be thinking, God, I'm doing everything. Like you always hear, Dr. Mm -hmm. Amy, like I'm doing everything but we're not realizing that we are eating those sugary foods. Just like my client is like, oh, it's those sugary foods. I can't let go of those cost us a lot because they're high calorie foods. And then they're, you know, sugar is highly addictive. And if you eat sugar, you, you know, it's so easy to get hooked on it where you just want more. One is never enough, Mm -hmm. you know? And so the tracking, I don't think is a terrible thing. It's just, and, and the reason why it's not terrible is because it can help you be accountable. Right. It can help you wake up. You know, if 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 you write down what you eat, it even for three days, mm-hmm. you know, you might you might have it some discoveries. Like, wow, like I didn't realize how much snacking I do. I recommend uh, something to my clients called three meal magic, which is eating three meals with nothing in between. And that wakes people up because once you start, like you, you are not eating in between meals, all of a sudden you realize you're catching yourself like about to go to the refrigerator, open the door and find out what you can eat, you know? And so that, and then you're like, oh my God, like, I didn't, I didn't realize I did that. Like, Mm -hmm. so funny how we can not know, but, but unless you're, you're trying to not do that, you won't realize you have been doing that. So I pause on that idea because I want to, I want to dive deeper into the three because there's so much more to it and, and back to the, the mindless eating, I would even argue that like in my house, I don't have a ton of sugary stuff. I mean, 
Well, I have two arguments here to make, and then I'll, I'll let you comment on it. I don't have a lot of sugary stuff, but I have some because my husband will eat it. So he has his cereal, honey nut Cheerios. Normally, I wouldn't touch it, but I'll circle back to it. You know, I have my bag of dark chocolate chips that I like to put into my protein pancakes. Do I grab handfuls sometimes? Yes. So my choices are pretty narrow of what I can snack on. But I'll also argue that you can snack your way to fat on healthy stuff too, if you're consuming it all the time. So every time I, even people that are working from home, every time I leave my office and go to the kitchen, I'm like this in the refrigerator, opening it, seeing, (laughs) I'm not even hungry. It's just a habit that I'm going to grab something. Now, piggybacking off what I just said, there also is a rule of nutrition that is, if it's in your house, you will eventually eat it. I can't tell you the amount of times that I've heard from women, oh, it's for the kids. It's for the grandkids. Right. Yeah, it's don't, for the husband. Bullshit. Stop, stop blaming them. <laughs> yeah. You are going to eat it. So yes, I mean, have there been times where I've grabbed the handful of Honey Nut Cheerios? Yes. <laughs> because I'm just like, you know, you move into... Screw it. I'm tired of all this healthy stuff. I just want something sugary and what's good for me. And I deserve it because I've been working hard all day. And so, yeah, you do grab it. And do I think about that at the end of the day? Like if you ask me, Amy, would you eat today? I wouldn't tell you the honey nut Cheerios, not because I'm embarrassed or trying to admit it because I don't remember doing it. You don't remember. It's just so quick and easy. I used to think, Amy, we were laughing about this, but I used to think if I ate crappy food on the airplane it didn't count because i was in the air (laughs) like and it's like breaking a cookie and the calories falling out same thing yeah it's so funny but we do lie to ourselves i mean rationalization is a big part of this problem okay is that we rationalize so we tell ourselves stories you know and we're like oh no like i love it how you said the reward like i call it the i deserve it binge like i deserve this like i've worked so hard and and we use food as a reward so often and there are other things we could use as a reward but we use that as a rationalization for eating you know things that we know aren't going to serve our highest and best good and i have to address that because One of the reasons why we do go into the spin of storytelling and rationalizing and saying, well, you know, this is going to be okay because A, B, and C is because deep down, we actually feel like we need it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So people, you know, when we feel like it's, it's not that we rationalize it thin air, we feel like we really have to have a fix, you know, and where does that come from? Well, as an emotional eater, that comes from buried emotions it comes from stress. Mm-hmm. It comes from the habit, like we talked about the habit. And so you don't think of yourselves as needing this, like you don't really need Hershey's kisses, but at a deeper level where we're not always aware of the unconscious level, you know, food has served us on an emotional level often since we were kids. I mean, I had stuff going on as a kid that I didn't talk to about anybody. I should have been talking to somebody about, but I didn't know who to talk to. Right. And so I, and so food was it for me. Like I had to stuff it or I didn't, I don't know what I was going to do. I was, I was alone and afraid. And I, I stuffed those feelings and those experiences, you know, that a kid shouldn't have. And, and it at the time saved me, you know, food saves us at those times as kids where you don't have a lot of options. I mean, nobody deals with their feelings, you know? So right. 
So I use food. So what happens is I began to use food to help me get through hard times. And then it became this really ugly habit that I didn't need as an adult. I mean, I wasn't in danger as an adult anymore, and yeah. but I had ingrained this habit now out of practice to where food saved me, you know, from uncomfortable emotions. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is it becomes this habit that we just believe food is there for us. Like food is our friend, food is to be depended on, food will, and, and on a very subconscious level, food is saving our lives. Yeah. And that yeah, sounds and so is. crazy, but it's it's deep down. Right. And we do need it, but I think people think that they need food more than they actually do. You know, I mean, technically, you're not going to die without food. You have enough food, i.e. fat on your body, to, to live for quite some time without access to food. I mean, we can't live long without water, but we can live without food. So despite what your body might be screaming at you, give me food. It has nothing to do with an actual need. I'm checking in with you. How's your energy these days? How's your skin? How's your muscle strength? These are things that are very, very important to me. And I know just from research that after the age of 30, our mitochondria starts breaking down. And these are the powerhouses of the cell that provide us with muscle strength and better skin and abundant energy through the day. So I've added in something that I wanted to share with you, Timeline Nutrition's MitoPure. So when we look into research and healthy aging, it really focuses on that pivotal role that our mitochondria plays in our body. And without our mitochondria working at top notch, then health is just declining. And that's not what we want. Daily wear and tear on our mitochondria is inescapable, but we can do something about it now. Timeline Nutrition's MitoPure is the first supplement that has been clinically shown to replace and rebuild damaged mitochondria. And this results in a boost in cellular energy. And actually, research has shown that individuals experience an increase in muscle strength and endurance without even altering their diet and exercise routine. So, I mean, I can personally attest to feeling the difference. I am now going to ask you to feel the difference. So I invite you to go to TimelineNutrition.com. They're giving my community 10% off of MitoPure. If you use the code Dr. Amy, so you are going to go to timelinenutrition.com backslash Dr. Amy and use the code Dr. Amy, D-R-A-M-I-E. So timelinenutrition.com backslash D-R-A-M-I-E and use the code Dr. Amy at checkout. And Trisha, isn't there the dopamine connection too that, that sugary foods like chocolate actually do provide that hit of dopamine, which is a feel-good hormone? So people use yes. it almost self-soothe, right? Well, totally. And if anybody is questioning about this need thing, think of your absolute favorite food and then think of not having it anymore. What happens I, inside of you? Like, <gasps> what's going on right now? <laughs> A lot of anxiety. What's going on? Yes. Mean? Like some yeah. panic, some anxiety, some like, you might like hate me right now. Like, it's like, we're threatened. Right. That's what we're talking about. Like that there is some real emotional dependence here because clearly we don't need those foods, those snacky foods, those entertaining foods, the comfort foods. We don't need them at all. But on an emotional level, we feel like we do. 
Yeah. You know, because they are filling a hole. Yeah. You know, they're filling an emotional need for us. You know, and I mean, people, I do this thing called the Quit Sugar Challenge, a five day challenge. And people, I, I had to add mindset calls mm-hmm. to that event because people were so freaked out. I mean, on paper, it's like, of course I should quit sugar. Of course there are no re- redeeming you know, qualities to sugar, right. But don't take my sugar away from me. Like, don't like the, no, no. Like, like how would I live? Like the, what, what actually comes across our lips sometimes is how would I get by? Like, how Mm -hmm. would I get by? How would I live? Like, what will make me happy? Like, it's the only thing that makes me happy. It's my happy place. Right. Well, isn't that sad? Okay. So if it's your happy place, it means we got to do some work. Like if that is the, that's the thing that makes you happy in your life and no judgment, I get it. I've been there, but at the same time, it means there is something about your life that does need some work. You have to address that, but we use food so we don't have to address it. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think so many people get into a mode as well when they're on, let's say a weight loss journey you know, they've, they've decided this is it. I'm going to take control of this, buckle down. When you see something not working, you go into screw it syndrome is what I call it. So you go, well, screw it. What I'm eating isn't producing the results that I want. So I might as well just have the pizza, just grab the Snickers. And it's number one. Yeah. There could be something going on with your thyroid, with your hormones, with something, you know, biological that you need to address to allow your body to give you that reward for eating the way that you should, for consuming, we won't even call it good eating, like for consuming healthy, clean foods that your body loves that are not processed and man-made because we all know and we can all say here, no matter what macronutrient count you believe in, whether it's keto, carnivore, or balanced, Mediterranean, whatever, consuming real foods, not in a box or a can is going to benefit you, right? You can't argue that, boom, done. So let's say they're doing that and they're not seeing the results. There could be something biological going on or there could be something that, you know, comes back to what we're saying. Maybe you're consuming too much, even too much of the good. So the last thing we want you to do is go, screw it, just bring on the crap. Like that's not going to get you any further. I mean, it it will set you back for sure. Even if you don't see an increase on the scale, there's detriment going on inside of your body that can have long-term consequences. So I think the screw it syndrome is also another mindset that people get into. Yes. And I have to say, you know, typically that mindset comes because it comes after the diet stops working. So you know, we all have new diet syndrome. Like you start a new plan. It doesn't have to be a, a, you know, a real diet, but, but you know, your doctor gives you a plan, like eat this and your gut will heal, eat this. And you know, you'll, you'll overcome autoimmunity. But the thing is like, at first we're all excited about the new diet. It's just like the new exercise plan or the new gym membership. So we're all like, and you know, I'm doing it looking good, feeling good. Wow. Top of the world. But then two weeks later, it gets really hard. Mm-hmm. And then we're not so happy. We're like, like it's drudgery. We're just trudging through it, wishing it could end. And that's the problem with diets is they do end. You go on a diet, you have to come off a diet mm-hmm. and it's not sustainable. And so my experience is we get into that screw it mentality at the point where it gets hard, not when it's our new plan, but when it gets hard. And the reason why it gets hard in my experience is because 
the emotions that food was anesthetizing, the stress that food was supporting us through isn't there. Right. I say it's excess food. Obviously we have to eat, but I'm just saying the fun foods are gone when you're on a diet and then life gets dull and then the, and then the diet gets hard. And so to me, that's again, evidence that we have to go deeper on this because yeah. a diet isn't sustainable. 98% of all diets fail statistically speaking, which is an abysmal statistic. Nobody would put money behind that. Right. If that was your investment odds, you know, right. in a new investment, you, you'd say, I'm going to pass Yeah. This abysmal odds. It so varies. that's, yeah, that's why we have to deal with the, you know, like find new ways to deal with our emotions, find new ways to alleviate stress, find new ways to say no to stressful situations. Cause emotional eaters, people who struggle chronically with food and weight are chronic people pleasers. Okay, this is, I have something in my book called the anatomy of the emotional eater, which is typical, like very common personality traits that we have. And this is what creates our problem, not the food. The food's not, food's a symptom, right? Food's a symptom. Wanting yummy, snacky, sugary foods is a symptom, but life getting hard where we need the entertainment and the anesthetic of food, that's where we got to put the spotlight and the thing is, we can lower stress so much more easier if we look at how we're living. And typically, as emotional leaders, we're doing way too much. Yeah. We're doing too much. We're saying yes to too many things. We want validation. So we want to be superwoman, you know, and we're like, I'll do it. Take, Give me the project. I'll do it. But it comes at a high price, which is we're stressed out and then we're stressed eating. Right. So right. this is some of the life stuff that makes makes food a lot more attractive and makes it harder to say no to. And hence we get into that screw it syndrome. Like I can't, can't live at this level of stress and chaos. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't live at this level of, you know, dissatisfaction in my relationship, in my job, right. In, in my relationship with my kids, whatever it is, all God's children got problems. Like it's, yep. it, it happens. But if we don't deal with that stuff, then it becomes impossible to live without those foods that give us comfort. It does. It does. Okay. Those are all great points. I, I, I love that. I love your, your take and your advice on that. So now let's go back to that three meals a day. Cause I think that combines perfectly with tracking when you're, when you only have to track three times in a day, it makes it a lot easier because yeah. now you like, like Trisha was saying earlier, now you don't have those snacks, which I can't stand. The snack, eat every two hours to keep your metabolism up. That is so oh 1995. <laughs> and exactly. it, it's out. Like we, we've, we've debunked it. I know, you know, you probably still have some bodybuilders that do it just to get their protein intake in. But when you're eating that often, every time you eat from a biological standpoint, physiological standpoint, every time you eat, your pancreas is secreting insulin. And that insulin goes out and that's a very fast way to become insulin resistant. It's a great way to just keep bumping your blood sugar up so that you're going to crave more and more and more, especially if those snacks are sugary, grabbing handfuls of honey nut Cheerios kind of thing. So talk to me more about eating three times a day. Yeah. So I love it because I mean, and again, I'm the guinea pig here. So this, everything I teach comes from my own personal experience of having, of having been 50 pounds overweight, totally out of control, binge eater, sugar mm -hmm. addict. Okay. Carb addict. So the reason why I love three meals with nothing in between is first of all, it can be a game changer alone, like alone that can be 
a drastic shift in, in how you are. And for my clients, it is like they've been eating perpetually, you know? And so when you just keep it to three meals, it wakes you up because all of a sudden you, you're not eating between meals. You know, when I go to Trader Joe's and they're cooking up something yummy, I'm like, it's not my food. Like, that's not my food. I'm shopping right now. I'm not eating and it's not meal time. And mm-hmm. so it, it sort of helps me reprogram my brain. If it's not mealtime, it's not my food, period, end of story. I so love it's, that. it's clear, you know, it's clear and it helps with the, the self-delusion, right? The self-rationalizing thoughts of, oh, no, I can have this because I worked out or I can have this because I'm going through something hard or I just, you know, finished a project. It, it like takes all that off the table. Like, no, if it's not, if it's not a meal, it's not mealtime. It's not your food. And it also, Three Meal Magic, I find to be, like some people, some of my clients at first are like, oh my God, this is triggering. You know, it's like diet mentality. And it's really not, first of all, because you can't just do that. Like you have to put legs under it with self-care. Ways, again, to bring down that stress. You have to change your life, right? If nothing changes, nothing changes. You will. You won't be able to do Three Meal Magic any more than you could do a diet. Right. Okay. So so you got you to gotta do more than that. But it does clean up your food. You know, it does make you aware of how many times you're going to the refrigerator, just bored, looking for recreational food. And it does, uh, to me, it's kind and compassionate to your body because we've done so many crazy fad diets. We've done so much, just so many crazy things with food, both in overeating and then trying to overcome, like trying to lose weight, drastic machinations, including, you know, maiming your body with surgery, like re reworking your plumbing. I mean, it's like, we've done some very drastic things to our bodies. So it's sort of a way of coming home and learning how to treat your body with love and care. And my body knows it will get fed. Like Mm -hmm. I don't starve myself. I don't do, and, and I, I love, you know, the idea of intermittent fasting. I love at least putting, you know, 12 hours between my dinner and my breakfast. So that's, that's a little bit of IF that I do is just, you know, stop eating at seven and don't eat breakfast till seven in the morning. But other than that, I personally, I don't like to go too long without eating. I don't like the 16, you know, hour window because my body's, it just needs to settle down. My nervous system needs to settle down. I mean, you wouldn't say to your kid, you know, your five-year-old daughter, hey, why don't you skip a meal here and there? You're going to slim down. Yeah, no, you wouldn't at all. No. (laughs) You know, but we'll do that to ourselves all day long, you know, which is self-abusive. Like, no, like let's treat our bodies with love and care the way we would our five-year-old daughter. Like just, I like to say that because it sort of makes it clear. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And are we being kind and loving? So when my body knows without a doubt, I will feed it on a regular schedule and I will feed it. You know, if you're not snacking, the foods you're likely going to eat during that meal, unless you're trying to hack the system and you just give yourself a plate full of Oreos, which is ridiculous, but it's been known to be done. She said three meals. Well, she said, put on a plate. Well, here's my plate of cookies. I mean, it sounds good. I'm all in. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, the point is likely if you're eating meals, you're going to eat real food. You know, you're going to eat a real breakfast. You're going to eat a real lunch and eat a real dinner. And that's the idea, obviously, is those meals. They don't need to be diet meals. They just need to be healthy, nutritious meals, you know, good carbs, good fats, you know, good proteins. And so 
you know, when you do that, it just, it's sort of an amends to our bodies for, for the decades of abuse and craziness, you know, and I will always, I just, and I, I don't care what's going on in my life. I just focus on the three meals. If I'm traveling, I think ahead, where am I going to get my meal is, can I get a good salad at the Houston airport? Probably. Okay. Then I won't pack a salad. Mm-hmm. You know, and nowadays airports do a lot better, or at least the major airports, they do a lot better with, you know, giving you salad options. But the point is I making amends to my body with the three meals because my body is like, like a little girl. She knows she's going to get taken care of. She's knows she's going to get fed. She knows I didn't forget about her. Mm-hmm. So I don't forget to eat because that's, that's triggering. I mean, the fastest way to overeat is to undereat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I love it. And it's regular. It's, I've been doing it for years. It works for me. I do have to plan to make sure it happens. I have to have food in the fridge to make sure when it's mealtime, I have something to eat. And that's good too. Cause if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. We do. We absolutely do. And these days, I mean, it is, it is almost too easy to eat healthy. So when people say like, I can, I can, I can, I I, I call bullshit on that because you can You can stop at a Chipotle and you can get a bowl filled with protein and real food like black beans and keeping your carbs low, avoid the rice, for God's sake, put it on a bed of lettuce. I don't know. But there's enough places out there these days, fast food included, that you really can eat, even if it's somewhat healthy. I kind of trust Chipotle a little bit more for their protein source than I would like McDonald's, but you can still make it work for you. And then there's meals or there's factor meals and you can do low carb keto. There's, you know, the, the healthy, whatever apron, blue apron, healthy things. Yeah. It's just easy. It's easy these days. There's no excuse as to why you can't have three square meals a day. And I'm with you, Trisha, on the fasting. I mean, that could be a whole other episode of, you know, women fasting and when you should and when you shouldn't. But if you have an eating disorder, if you have cortisol problems, if you have hypothyroidism, you probably shouldn't do these long fasts. And if you're a woman, if you're only eating once or twice a day, there is no way in hell that you're going to get in the protein that you need to keep your lean, sexy muscle, to grow your hair, to have beautiful skin and nails. No way. So fasting really has a lot of downsides to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, especially for people who are, have been chronically dieting, it's just, we need to just settle down, come home to ourselves and Mm -hmm. and learn how to treat our bodies with love and care. Our moms are right. Three squares a day. It's yeah. It's like, let's get back to that. Yeah, exactly. The old school way of thinking. And, you know, even the meat and potatoes meal, it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. It was real food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually real food. It beats a lot of the alternatives these days. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think this is fantastic advice. And I would, I would encourage everyone to take your quiz because even as you were talking, Trisha, I was remembering the days of when I was competing and there was such, you know, restriction that it created an emotional eating pattern in me to where when I, let's say was off season, i.e. not in a crazy diet mode, I would binge because I would think, when am I going to have to restrict again? When can I not have this food? I'm going to get it all in. I'm going to get it all in. And then I would go into restriction mode where, you know, until I could have a cheat day. And then that cheat day was like, oh my God, I only have one day. Let's get it all in, get it all in to the point of getting sick. And then you go into restriction mode again. So that definitely created, I mean, it took a long time for the first time 
Well, I, I, I've been able to do this maybe two or three times now recently in the last few years. I can keep a jar of peanut butter in the house longer than one to two days. And that's yeah. a huge feat for me because peanut yes. butter is very triggering. It's sweet and it's salty at the same time. And I would down that tablespoon. You want to talk about mindless eating? Tablespoon after tablespoon to where I would look and go, where, how, I just bought this yesterday <laughs> and it's half gone and I don't remember eating it. Mm. It was so mindless. So yes, that created in me that emotional eating pattern, the, the binge restrict. Yeah. And so I would encourage everyone to take the emotional eating quiz because you don't know what you don't know until it's right in your face. And then it's like, okay, maybe this is something I need to address. Amen. Yeah. Yep. So I love you. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Once again, you have such great experience. You have great programs that I encourage everyone to check out. So tell people where they can find you. We'll put it in the show notes as well, along with a quiz. Yeah. Healyourhunger.com. Um, and the quiz is right there on the homepage, but that's the best place to find me. I'm also on Instagram at Trisha Nelson underscore at the end of Nelson. Beautiful. We'll put it all down there. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Trisha. Once again. Thank you. Love you so much.